0: Morning everyone. I say morning because it's breakfast time in Spain and I hope that as many people want to listen to this are doing so first thing on Friday morning wherever you are. I decided that this um, style, reading out my thoughts to you in an Alistair Cook letter from America uh, fashion, was important because everybody from the Premier League side, is briefing based upon what Manchester United are telling them, which is that the deal to to buy Carlos Casemiro is nearly done. It seems to me that if this transfer takes place, it is genuinely one of the most extraordinary, one of the most disappointing I can remember in my entire career as a writer, but also as a fan. I'm not a Madrid supporter... I'm not anti-Manchester United. But it seems to me to be absolutely astonishing on so many levels. And the first thing to say, because I want to be analytical and I want people to understand me as being analytical, not, um, not hysterical, not click-baiting, but giving you my honest, deep-down feeling when you look at the ideas behind this move, and what it might achieve, and the impact that it will have. So the thing to get out of the way is this. Yes, I live and work in Spain. I co-commentate on La Liga television, and I make absolutely no bones about the fact that I will be... I'm going to go for real lowest common denominator language here. I will be gutted if Casemiro is not playing in La Liga week in, week out over the next two or three seasons. Irrespective of what he's achieved and the trophies he's won, I absolutely love watching him. I absolutely love co-commentating and when he's playing, analysing him. Although there is an appreciation globally about his style of play, I still believe he's Deeply, deeply underrated. And although we're in a a point where it seems that Manchester United are willing to pay uh, with add-ons up to €70 million for him, aged 30, and they look as if they are willing to pay something in the region of £16 million per season, which can be over five seasons. It probably wouldn't be, but it's a four plus one deal. That's a gigantic amount of money and therefore, obviously, there must be some pretty deep appreciation for Carlos Casemiro in some parts of the corridors of power at both Carrington, United's training ground, and Old Trafford. And over in America where the the wonderfully visionary, football-savvy Glazers live. So, having got out of the way that I will genuinely miss Carlos Casemiro if he's not playing for Real Madrid, in, in the coming months. Here are the points I want to make. First of all, for Real Madrid to be selling at almost any price, but I would say that the, the time when you accept Casemiro going will be the time when the price is about double what it is right now. If Carlos Casemiro isn't playing in Real Madrid colours over the next few months, I 100% expect to see that... Shall many who would in theory begin to fill that central, pivotal, organizing role in the middle of a three-man midfield, usually three-man midfield, sometimes four if Valverde is playing as a as a false outside right. Charmani's talents, for my taste, are not in question. But his readiness to to fit into a, a three with Modric and Cross his readiness to understand the Romadid style of playing and the way in which it can leave a pivot exposed is something that he shouldn't be exposed for right now. This man, although he's a couple of years older than Camavinga, should be following the same process as Camavinga and should be being bled into the team over this season, gradually and maybe even quicker than Camavinga, finding his feet finding the rhythm, understanding the teammates, understanding the playing style, understanding the different challenges of La Liga compared to France's Ligue 1. Much, much worse from my point of view. The fact that Tony Cross is still a significantly important footballer and the fact that Luka Modric remains an outstanding midfield leader at very close to 37, has owed... Huge amounts to Casemiro, his his brain, his reading of the game, the degree to which he's willing to support them when they don't have the ball or when they lose the ball, those two I'm talking about, his willingness to be available for them, sometimes simply as a wall pass, sometimes uh, as a runner, because he's exceptionally gifted around the penalty area. Again, because he's a, known as a defensive pivot, people... Deeply underestimate how skillful a footballer footballer this man is. But it's a little bit like um, if you pull a small part of a a dry stone dike away, other parts will potentially crumble. There are keystones and Casemiro is one. I expect Modric and Cross not to suddenly look out of their depth or be... Absolutely exposed and, and look helpless. What I do expect is that we regularly see Tony Cross and Luka Modric exposed positionally and exposed for pace because Casemiro is not there to be the guy who says, I'll be your safety net. I will make sure that either I cut off a, a probing pass when Madrid have been stripped of possession and the Croat and the German are high up the pitch, I'll be the guy who, if necessary, brings the dark arts, the guy who stops the other team by hook or by crook. But although we'll speak about that again in this, um, or I will, the the fact is that it, his dark arts, and he has them, are ancillary. They're an extra. This man is a brilliant reader of the game. He's exceptional at knowing where to be in order not just to stem a counter-attack from the opposition, but to, to break it off, to intercept it, to make certain players in the opposition who are not as bright as him go into spaces, make runs that they shouldn't. This is a very, very good organising defensive midfielder. So, albeit that on paper you can claim, while he was, if you're Real Madrid... This is good money for a player who'll turn 31 this season. This is good money at a time when we've laid out several hundred million on the stadium. This is good money when we the, 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 the message will be that if Madrid don't buy a centre forward in this market and it's a little difficult to know exactly where they will go at this stage in a market where you know the, the, the very best, the elite players are gone. There is this story, and, and if it's their idea, if it's their strategy, then it's up to them. I, I I find it hard to believe that Holland might move after one season at City, but there's this idea that Madrid, having now given up on Mbappe, or having been rejected by Mbappe, will go for Holland, and here's money in the war chest. Fine, whatever. Losing Casemiro, in my opinion, can be the straw that breaks the camel's back and can... Not on its own, but because of the domino effect, can prevent Madrid not only going for successfully going for the six trophies, this six tuple that they want to win every trophy that's in there, in their path this season. I think that losing Casemiro, if it happens, and I still cannot believe that this will happen, um, or I'm I'm deeply distressed that it's happening. It can prevent Real Madrid defending their La Liga crown and their Champions League crown. Throw this back at me at the end of the season. If Casemiro has moved out of Real Madrid and they win either or both, feel free to remind me of this moment. I don't think you'll be able to do that. But if I'm wrong, then do. Go for it. Now, looking at Casemiro himself, one of the things that continues to fool me is the way in which extremely rich, multi-millionaire footballers can still be tempted into doing the wrong thing by still more millions. Now, if Casemiro, as is being reported, is about the eighth or ninth best player at Real Madrid, but will become one of the best players, best-paid players, not only at Manchester United, but in England, then maybe what you do is you look at that offer, you have a little sniff at it, you turn it round, you think about the consequences. Maybe it would be naive simply to dismiss it out of hand. But for a Brazilian international who potentially has a World Cup winning winter ahead of him, potentially, they're in a group, for a man, and and this would be ironic if I become the last person to interview Carlos Casemiro as a real-minded player, but I did so... Last Wednesday night in Helsinki, he came to our television studio in the Olympic Stadium, sat down for five or six minutes of chat. He was extremely interesting. When I asked him about the sensation of winning what I think was his 18th or 19th trophy with Real Madrid, he gave a good answer, which I believed at the time where he said it. It felt just as sweet as the first one because of all the effort that had gone into it because to qualify for the UEFA Super Cup you have to win the Champions League so this felt like a partner trophy which was not only the result of, of working hard in the summer and beating Eintracht Frankfurt on the night but it, it somehow dovetailed into winning the Champions League and beating Liverpool on that difficult, difficult night for, for fans in Saint-Denis. He then said, and I want many more I want this to be the first of many more and that came naturally to him, and it, because he's such an ambitious, such a hungry player, I thoroughly believed that those would be in enrolmented colours. What would I do? What would you do, I suppose, if somebody said, we're going to pay you 16 million uh, quid before tax? I suppose it would be a debate for all of us. But analytically, I I have to say that the difference between being paid whatever he is paid right now um Salary and bonuses from Real Madrid, plus all the massive incentives that you get for being sponsored or for advertising certain products for the boots that you wear. Footballers are a money-making machine. And therefore, for my taste, now not saying what I would do, for Casemiro to accept going at this stage to a foreign league where he doesn't speak the language, to a club which is in disarray, simply because they pay better money. I find incomprehensible. The next thing to say genuinely is that Casemiro, although he is utterly sensational in this club that he's in right now, in terms of his football brain, in terms of his experience, and in terms of his technical skills, he's not the perfect player. He has flaws. Now, if Eric Ten Hag wants to play the brand of football he promised and explained when he was leaving Ajax to come to Old Trafford, then Carlos Casemiro is going to have to alter how he plays very much. Because at Real Madrid, it's very much a jazz scatting kind of invention whereby there's a structure to the team. There are intense football brains at work. And it's not all make it up as you go along. But they take gigantic risks. It's part of the enjoyment of watching them and it's part of the enjoyment for any commentator or analyst in spanish football to watch them in recent years repeatedly win the champions league when many outside the country saying well they're not that good or how do they do it they do it because they ask questions which other teams don't even know how to pose and they do that by taking gigantic risks at fullback who where their fullbacks become wingers in midfield where each of the normally three cross modric and Casemiro are allowed to improvise and go into spaces that that highly expose Real Madrid, which is why Courtois has faced one of the highest, or maybe the highest, um, shot and save counts over the last few seasons for any leading club in the top five leagues in Europe. And therefore, Casemiro in in this Manchester United team, which is so flawed, and Casemiro of the Ten Hag system is going to be applied as he wants it to, uh, in the way that made him attractive to United in terms of signing him, Casemiro will have to be a much more conservative footballer positionally, which automatically begins to rob some of the magic. Now, it would be infantile to praise Casemiro up for what he does at Romeroid and say that he can't succeed at Manchester United. That would be wrong. But it feels like a square peg and a round hole in terms of they need Manchester United, need discipline, they need order, they need a ball winner in midfield. But they need structure, they need somebody who is in position all the time, breaking attacks up, restarting them. Which so his, his tackle is a one ball, not a 50 50 ball for the second ball. It, it, his tackles, the tackles of the organising midfielder, need to be winning the ball and then beginning immediately. Savvy counter-attacks while the opposition has piled forward. Casemiro, I think, can do that. But around him, he's going to be asked many more questions by the Premier League than he is at Real Madrid because the ferocity and the pace of the game won't simply test the really strong abilities he's got mentally and technically. They'll test the fact that his, his pace is not fantastic. He has looked brilliant, in recent years, because his brain is significantly quicker than his, his legs and can do more than than the lungs at 30 can do, Casemiro remains a good athlete. But in terms of the way in which there are buzz-bomb players, maybe not of your ability level around you in the Premier League, but who keep pushing and probing and running, Casemiro's role will have to change enormously at Manchester United if he goes there. Which asks the question about are there, if, if, the, if the player that you sign needs to adapt and change comprehensively because of the state of your team, because of the coaching philosophy and because of the, the style of the league, are you getting the player that you've paid for? I think the answer is no. From Manchester United's point of view, in all seriousness, parental advisory, what the fuck? If they, if they can buy Casemiro, if they can persuade him to come if they can persuade Real did with a certain price to let him go, what the fuck are they doing it now for instead of July? When he gets in, he gets settled. He and his family have a home. He starts English lessons. He has time to listen to Ten Hag and to understand the frailties or deficiencies of the players around him, time to understand the things in the players around him that he can bring out that will make them better. All these things are now going to be on a, on a fast-track, blitzkrieg, crash-bang to a player who'll probably in the first few weeks be thinking, what the fuck have I done? If Manchester United haven't made an arse of themselves, in whichever way, hanging on and hanging on for Frankie de Jong, because now they think they can get Casemiro, then you'll have to explain to me why. It's ridiculous that if this deal can be done, that it wasn't done in in June for heaven's sake. Never mind July. What about the reason for this happening? I, I don't have a deep explanation, and I've already talked about my disbelief that Casemiro couldn't go to Real Madrid and say, "Listen, I've got this interest from Manchester United. It means X much to me a year. Renegotiate with me, and I'll stay." That's something that I that clearly will emerge, but I don't understand. Above and beyond that, Casemiro is represented uh, by a firm called Best For You. The founder and chief executive officer of Best For You is a man called Oscar Rebot. He's a Spanish journalist who used to work for Diario As, um, a decent amateur footballer, quick, very quick, somebody I used to know. And somebody who was recruited away from Diario As to become head of communications, chief of press and media at Real Madrid under Florentino Perez. A bit after that time when he left, Oscar became a football agent. He's installed in a deluxe office in the Paseo Castellana, right about opposite the Bernabeu, and he's a, he's a heavy investor in Marbella Football Club. He's got a, a range of decent clients, and if I understand, understand it correctly, Florentino Perez's son is, a, is deeply associated with this company. Now, in this way, I think there are a couple of deductions to be made. Number one, Florentino Perez, I'm absolutely certain, will have been fully aware of this from the start. In my creative imagination, it may be that Florentino Perez has indicated to these agents, if you can find a mega deal for Casemiro, for whatever reason, Real Madrid will take big money. Maybe. Stranger things have happened. One other thing is that, given that, Oscar had a past at Diario Ass, I'm taking it at Diario Ass, will probably have some of the best takes on this and they've woven into their coverage quite a lot of detail about the finances and although the message is much stronger in England, coming out of England from Manchester United's briefings, that this deal is going to happen, it's slightly less strong at the moment in Spain. There has been a clear indication that Real Madrid accept Casemiro has a lot to think about financially And there's been a clear indication that if Real Madrid receives something in the region of 60 million euros plus, there's a deal to be done. I think that's a mistake, but they're free to make their mistakes. And they've made so many mistakes in recent years that they've won a hat-trick back-to-back of Champions Leagues (laughs) last season. They made so many mistakes that they won the double of La Liga and the Champions League for only the second time since the late 60s. So my hat's off to them for what they've achieved so far. But, you know, uh, an emoticon sad face for the idea, one, strategically, that they're willing to let Casemiro go. Two, I don't want to imagine a Real Madrid side watching them, enjoying them, commentating on them without Casemiro in central midfield. Another sad face sent into this, um, if Luka Modric and Toni Kroos were listening to this um, letter from America to you, they would be sending sad face emoticons into. Both of them will be sitting, scratching their chins, and saying, What is the club doing? What's happening here? I don't think we'll see them saying that out loud very early in the season. But Tony Cross runs his podcast with his brother. And I would imagine in the months to come, there will be recriminations from those two players saying, Hmm, we shouldn't have sold Casemiro. Way back when I'd first moved to Spain, Vincente de Del Bosque was removed at the end of a league-winning season, I think, in 2002. And Carlos Queiroz was appointed. At that stage, Sidlow and I were at the training ground, the old Real Madrid training ground, where you could get in, hang around. And we were by the side of one of the training pitches when Carlos Queiroz came out, I think, the afternoon of the day he'd been presented to the press in the morning. We called him over and he came and spoke. And it's infamous that in the... In the conversation we had, he'd only just discovered that without his permission, the club had sold Claude Makaleli. Carlos Queiroz used a phrase and said, The challenge they've given me of winning the league without Makaleli is like asking somebody to climb Mount Everest without oxygen. Now this Real Madrid side and squad right now is better equipped than the squad that Carlos Queiroz had at Real Madrid back then. But I deeply fear for Real Madrid that the effect could be something similar. Carlos Casemiro, Manchester United player, in a culture which is new to him, in a language which is new to him, joining them when they're bottom of the league, not playing Champions League football this season, and really, frankly, not with any prospect of doing so next season either. Carlos Casemiro finding his feet in the Premier League with a World Cup to come in November and December in Qatar, which Brazil easily could win. I really don't understand any of it apart from the money and that I fundamentally disagree with. Carlos, think again.